You're listening to Run Hard, Mom Hard, presented by Treeline Journal and hosted by Nikki Parnell and Steph Moniker. We're here to listen and share stories of motherhood and life from the trails from mamas who run ultra marathons. We hope to be a resource and encouragement to all moms who continue to show up, run, and chase their dreams even after having kids. It's not easy, and we'll talk about all the hard and real parts that make up this crazy lifestyle. But we're also here to celebrate and inspire each other to keep finding their inner mom strength that allows us to show this sport new levels of grit and show our kids that so much is possible. Welcome to another episode of Run Hard, Mom Hard. Today we have two guests on the show, Meg Landymore and Celia Eicheldinger. But before we get into that, Steph, how was your trip? It went really good. The plane ride there was pretty good. The girls were kind of all over the place. They didn't want to sit still just because they were excited to see everybody and get down there and get on vacation. But it was really beautiful weather. There was one afternoon that was like partly cloudy. Otherwise, all the days had like zero cloud. I got a little bit burnt on my nose. Um We went up to Mount Charleston and got to go hiking for a little bit, and we went to Red Rock, so like more of the deserty part mountains around Las Vegas. It was just so much fun to get away and have some family time and have Aaron be with us all day long, Mm -hmm. and the ride back was really good. Amelia fell asleep for like 45 minutes. Joanna just sat and watched movies because they were both just really tired. I mean, we were playing outside all day long, hiking in the mountains in their little backyard. They have a little trampoline and it was just, it was really, really fun. And it was nice to see my sister and my nephew too. I always love that with vacation. Um, Just like the, the family time's so good and it's so nice having our guys around, you know, mm-hmm. just to help out with everything. And um, I'm so jealous you got to fly. Like, I love flying and I miss <laughs> it so much. I, I'm not a huge flyer. I love traveling and like, you know, getting there and being there. But the actual plane ride, maybe it's because I, I haven't done a ton of it. And the last few have been with kids and I'm like, it's just so much more work. It is. It's just like actually leisurely, like I'm going to read a book or watch a movie. Like, no, it's just chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Chaos. (laughs) But they actually did really, I was really impressed. Amelia was hard going down. Um, But the plane was like basically empty when we were flying down. Like it was maybe 25, 30% full. Um, nice. on, on the way back, it was more full, but I mean, we wiped down like everything. Aaron and I had two masks on. Joanna had her mask on until she sat in the plane cause she was eating snacks and stuff, which it's hard to keep a mask on a three-year-old Totally, <laughs> totally. three hours, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool though. And it's also great. You got sun time and desert time. Like the mm-hmm. desert is so unique. I just, I love, um, well, I haven't really spent much time like exploring. in an actual desert. Yeah, 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 but it's 
it sounds really nice right now, like warm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, it was really, I want to say it was like, um, upper sixties the whole time. There was one day that reached 70, but everything is hibernating. So a lot of the stuff looks like dead kind of, cause oh. it's their winter, even though it's not like actually winter. There was some of, when we went to Red Rock, there were some like grasses that were like kind of a tealish green that were really pretty, especially with like the bright red rocks. Um, but we went to this little trail park system thing and basically everything was dead. Oh, it like. so it's kind of weird because it is their winter, even yeah. though it's warm. Yeah. I wonder when like the, like the cactus flowers bloom and things like yeah. that. Like, is that, is that in normal spring or I don't know. Is that a dumb question? Can I stop <laughs> dumb right now? If anybody lives in a desert, please let us know the questions <laughs> or the answers. What's the deal? We, get to, we get to get to see some um, Joshua trees on the way to Mount Charleston, but it was weird because you went from like this open desert with Joshua trees everywhere to these massive pine trees, and you go from like 2,000 feet of elevation to uh, almost 8,000 just driving up. Hmm. And we saw a wild horse, which was really exciting too. And it was just like standing in the middle of the road, like didn't want to move when we were <laughs> on to drive by. Wow. Yeah. But it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I bet the girls loved it. Like just seeing different things. It always like, you can just like almost see their minds expanding, you know, oh, yeah. it's so magical. Mm-hmm. It is. They're just, both of them are just so curious. I mean, we always talk about how they just stop like when I go on an adventure with them or a little hike like they just stop and look at something I mean that's how it was the whole time because it was all new and yes but it was I know <laughs> so we'll like go on a walk in um like we'll go over the mountains um from here because we're in the high desert but we'll go into like kind of the you know, where it seems like a rainforest and dash, I'll be like, come on, dash, come on, bud. Let's go. Let's go. Like, let's keep up with daddy and Bella and they're down the trail. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but there's just so much to see. Like there's so <laughs> much to look at. I can't um, like turn my eyes off, you know, oh my <laughs> it's, <gosh. laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> it is cute. And you have to remember like, okay, we know we, it's okay to take time to pause and like this morning we went to a state park and we did like, it was like a third of a mile little loop, but it took us probably 30 minutes because we had to stop. And like, we looked at the tracks cause it was muddy. So we were looking at raccoon tracks and deer tracks. And like, there was a tiny little squirrel that ran across. So we had to sit and look at that for 10 minutes. It was just like, <laughs> I love it. It takes so much time, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, how was your race? The race was good. Yeah. Um, well, oh, well, okay. It was good. <laughs> it was good about a race. That was like a little <laughs> bit fake positivity right there. I don't know what was wrong with it. Um, no, okay. It was really fun to be around our running community and like see familiar faces and just like lots of friends out. Um But, you know, so I had a friend that signed up with me and she was going to run it with me. Um, But she only lasted about like a minute with me. And then she's just she just like took off because that's just like how she runs. Like she's always 
she's quick. Like we ran in high school together and it's fun. And I, I loved that. And I wanted her to do that. Um, like I was like, you can run this way faster if you don't run it with me. Um, but anyway, so I don't know. It just, you know, 10 miles and running alone, I was very noticing like the aches and pains. And like, mm-hmm. I just, I, I said this on Instagram, but my feet were killing me. Like, I just, I don't know what it is. Like I got, I just got new shoes recently. And so it's not like the shoes are old and, um, but I think maybe it's just extra weight or something that I'm carrying. And, um, I I don't know. You are carrying a little bit of extra weight. You you may be growing a human. (laughs) I know. And it's like, but even when you know that it's still a little hard to get like passed by so many people. And, and just when you're used to like, you know how you run and you know that you can um, kind of hold your own, Mm -hmm. like with this race, cause there was staggered starts. So you had to put in your estimated time, like mile pace. And, um, I don't know. I think I just put in a little faster than I should (laughs) have. And, and so reality was a lot slower and then I just got past a lot and that was just, it's fine, but, um, you know, hurts the ego a little bit. Um, I didn't know where I was in the race. Um, and I, I thought that there was going to be like two aid stations along the course. And so by the time I hit an aid station, I assumed that I must only be like four or five miles in because mm-hmm. like it felt like it, it it was taking me a really long time and I was just going slow and um, I did like walk a couple times and um, but then the the angel at the aid station, uh, my friend Laura, she was like, no, you're at mile seven. You only have three miles left. And I was like, Oh, oh, thank God. Like, I think yeah. I see that. <laughs> like, oh my and, gosh. Um, it just seemed like my body was falling apart a little bit. And mm-hmm. like my hip flexors were like not working. And so it's like, you can't really pick up your feet, which is bad when you're running over rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to so, trip. <laughs> no. So like I walked over rocky sections. Cause like, I'm like, I don't want to fall. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it was, it was good. I, my body hurt afterwards, um, pretty significantly. Um, but you know, I mean, I was happy to be there at the race and I'm still glad I did it, you know, got one race in with baby girl, but, um, you know, it, yeah, can only go up from here, I think. Right. Like, well, maybe it'll like stay steady for about 10 more weeks and then, <laughs> and then it'll go up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's true. Um, but it's always hard when you like, especially when you've been running for so long and like, you know, in your head what you can do. And then when you're pregnant, it's like, I can still do all of those things. I'm such a badass. I can do all this. And then you're like, yeah, no. I can't do as well as what I'm Yeah, exactly. It your head. <laughs> it does. And it's like, I mean, it's like I was running with a lot of runners that like I know. And I, it's just, it's just such a contrast. Like last year I ran the race and I was running like seven thirties mm-hmm. per mile and finished 30 minutes faster than I did at this race. Yeah. So it's just like, whew, it's just, you know. 
you know you're pregnant, but then it also is like literally after the race, Chase was like looking at results and he was like, oh, you got 107th out of 115. (laughs) I was like, you know, that hurts. That hurts. But it's okay. It's all good. There was was one time in cross country. So I was in high school. Well, no, I wasn't. I was in, I must've been in sixth grade because I wasn't at the, whatever, it doesn't matter. I ran this race with my friend because she was in seventh grade, but she ran with me. And we look at our our stats or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I got fourth. And she's like, I got fifth. And she goes, wait, it was only out of five. <laughs> so she got last place. Yeah. Somebody's got to, right? And like, yeah. that's still really great. Like, it's still good to be out there running, yeah. you know, and it's just, yeah. Sometimes we have those moments where it's like, oh, I, I, I'm humble. Okay, that's yeah. keeping me humble. <laughs> that's so uh, funny. But anyway. I'm so proud of you for getting out there and doing that race. And I'm very jealous because I wish I – there were more races around because there's not any races around us right now. So. I know. And I really, like, tried to focus on that in between yeah. the, the foot pains and, you know, like, yeah. okay, it's just cool I'm out here. Yeah. So it's cool we're all out here. Yeah. So this episode is sponsored by Recore Fitness. Recore Fitness is the ultimate resource for pregnant women and new moms. They are all about helping women improve core and pelvic floor strength, stability, and function through pregnancy and recovery. They provide safe strength programs for pregnancy and postpartum, personal training and coaching, and support bands that help women during all nine months of pregnancy and afterwards. Yeah, we've talked a lot on this podcast uh, with other ultra running moms about how important all of this care and attention is to our inner ab muscles and pelvic floor and how much we really had no clue about it before we like find ourselves um, having problems in these areas. Um, so these like programs and products are lifesavers for moms who want to keep going after big dreams, even after having babies, which is all of us. Um, That's why we're here. Um, And so we've talked on the podcast about maternity bans um, in the past here and there. Um, And this, we, we have found it. You don't have to look any further. (laughs) We have found the ultimate one. Um, (laughs) We have both tried the maternity fit splint And cannot say enough good things about this product. It's super adjustable. The fabric is really comfortable. It has some silicone strips in it, so it's not going to slide around while you're running. You can wear it three different ways, depending on the kind of support you need. I wore it when I was running on my treadmill, and I ran about 30 seconds faster, and I was super pumped about that. It's just been feeling great. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. And yeah, the first time I wore this band, I was like blown away. I was at like 22 weeks pregnant and I had been borrowing a, a band from a friend that just like wasn't cutting it. And I tried this one on and felt immediate relief in my back. And like my belly was like locked and loaded. It felt like hugged in closer to me. And I just felt like unhindered and unstoppable. I mean, 
once on the podcast, I mentioned, like, I felt like I could gallop like a gazelle, <laughs> like light and free yeah. <laughs> and graceful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it, um, decreases pressure on the bladder too, which like helps tremendously. Like in the 10 mile race that I did this last weekend, I didn't stop for a pee break, Wow. Um, which I couldn't really because of many reasons with like Mm -hmm. my race bib and my jacket and Mm -hmm. everything. It would have taken a long time, but anyway, so it's just, if you, you feel a lot less jarring and that helps you keep going for a long time. Um, and also they do include some core exercises to do while pregnant with the band, which is awesome. Um, and they make like a postnatal fit splint for, moms in the postpartum, like four to six weeks, uh, mm-hmm. stage two. So it's really cool. We love what they're doing at Recore Fitness. Um, and just like how much they are helping moms keep running for sure. So if you need a fit splint, you can go to recorefitness.com and use code RHMH15. So that stands for run hard, mom hard 15 for 15% off fit splints or instant access to the pre-core slash recore online programs. We can't recommend these products enough. So go check it out. Like Nikki said, we have Meg Landemore and Celia Eicheldinger, who are two ultra-running moms who live on the East Coast and are setting out soon in less than two weeks to run all of the Appalachian trail in sections. So they plan on doing a section every three weeks in between work schedules and motherhood, and will eventually run the whole trail on foot. It's so cool. We get to hear about how they're doing it, what goes into undertaking something like this, uh, the planning, the worries, the excitement, the training, all of that. Um, And it's just really inspiring what they're doing. So give this a listen and go get inspired to like do something big. Mm -hmm. Well, hi, Celia and Meg. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. This is our first podcast with two guests. And so it'll be kind of interesting to hear from both of your perspectives about what you're doing. Um, But why don't we just start out with Celia? What are, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, well, I'm Celia Eicheldinger, and um, I'm a mom and a statistician. I work for a nonprofit research company, and I... I guess I've I've been a lifelong runner. I started running when I was 13, but I didn't discover ultra running until I um, went through a divorce and I was like, become an alcoholic or become an ultra runner. (laughs) (laughs) And ultra running just felt better. (laughs) Healthier. (laughs) Healthier. And so that's, um, that's how I came to ultra running. I guess beyond that, I am, I don't know, I consider myself a friend to a lot of people and, um, Gosh, it's, it's always a tough question when people are like, so what do you do? I'm like, I run. <laughs> I'm a mom. <laughs> I hang out with my friends. I don't know. Yeah. So I guess that. <laughs> you have two boys. Is that right? I have two boys, nine and 12, and they, I call them a variety of things from hoodlums, monkeys, monsters, amazing young men. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. And so then we also have Meg and Meg, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, so I am also a mom of two boys. Mine are six and almost three. Um, I am a physician assistant and I have my own aesthetics practice with a partner. Um, what else? Uh, I'm obviously an ultra runner. I guess I got into that. Um, marathons just, you know, didn't really do it for me. And I was really excited to try ultras. And then I just got really deep into them. Um, overtrained a lot and learned a lot over the years. Um, I've done a bunch of different distances. Um, and uh, I could go so far into the running stuff. Um, what else <laughs> do I do? I'm a military veteran um, of the National Guard. Um, and I coach a little bit and I have a running group a little bit. So a little bit of everything. Busy, yeah. especially yeah. with little boys, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much, but I like it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's full. It's a, a yeah. full life, which is full of chaos and full of love. So it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. And okay, so what are you guys doing? <laughs> what is this project <laughs> that you have started that we are going to be talking about today? <laughs> so the long short story is that we ended up doing SCAR, which is a section of the Appalachian Trail um, Smokies Challenge Adventure Run in October. Um, and we just loved planning it. Right. So we really we got really deep into like what gear we needed, what stuff we needed. Um, and we had so much fun doing that. And then the actually doing it part, you know, I mean, that was great, too. Right. But as soon as we were done, we were like, well, we want to keep planning. Um, and I've kind of always wanted to do the Appalachian. And the first time we started talking about it, it was like, I have all these maps and all these books. And um, I was like, really? So I was like, let's just do the whole thing. Somehow, like, I don't know, it could take years, but if we just decide to do it, we can get from point to point and see the entire thing on foot, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of where the idea started. And I'll let yeah. Celia jump in and tell some of it. <laughs> um, I would also say some of this kind of stems from COVID. I was um, feeling like, so I, Meg is my coach. She's also like my really awesome friend. <laughs> but um, she was coaching me to do my first hundred. And I just was not feeling too comfortable about it. I was nervous about the bus ride and the logistics were really stressing me out. And so that's that was kind of also a part of the start of the scar. And and I was just telling Meg on the phone, I guess three nights ago, that when I think back on that night, it was like one of the best nights of my life. And so she's exactly right. It was like, why wouldn't you want to do the best night of your life again? <laughs> and so it just, um, it just happened. And, and like, I think Meg was hinting at, I actually never really knew that I wanted to do the entire Appalachian Trail, but I had purchased all these books maybe like three, four years ago that have the whole map and have like little hints and guides on how to through hike it. So it was like formulating in the back of my mind. I didn't know how it was formulating or if it would ever actually happen. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Meg, look what I am. <laughs> and Meg and I are the kind of people where there's like an idea and then it builds and then it builds and then it builds. And then it's like amazing. <laughs> and I would say that's kind of how it happens. We feed off each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And so, okay, what what was the scar or like how long is that? And what what about that made you guys be like, oh, we want to do more of these kind of things and and be together and do this planning and what? Tell us about it. So SCAR is a 72-mile section. Um, it's dubbed as this challenge because it's got some of the highest elevation. It has the highest elevation point, I think, on the Appalachian Trail um, at Clayman's Dome. Um, and just a ridiculous amount of ups and downs that make it challenging. Um, so that, you know, that's kind of the section. And I actually did the double, which means I went one way and then went back. Um, so I, and got lost. So I managed to do 147 miles. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, I don't know. And part of it was like, I wasn't even really truly prepared for something like that. I don't know if I even would have known how or had the time if I tried, but it wasn't that bad, right? Like I came away with a minor injury um, and learned a lot from it, but it was really doable even in my state of like, oh, well, I've run some this summer. It'd be great. Um, so I don't know. That kind of just springboarded it. And Celia did the second, you know, the second scar with me. Um, and I mean, like she said, it was just a ton of fun. And so that that just kept going. But I mean, it's the back and forth. I mean, when we talk, it's just like, all right, well, and we just research. And, you know, that part is so consuming. It really, like, especially with the COVID stuff, like it really helps keep you focused on something that's a big long-term goal that's above and beyond. Like my kids are still home. My kids have been home for months, right? They're home every day and nobody's moving and my house is dirty. And None of my stuff is done, but it's okay because I have this amazing project that I'm going to get done. So that's a big thing for me. <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate that. It's something that just gets you outside of that small bubble we can get in with motherhood yeah. of just like everything staring at you in the face and you just need to like get out on your adventures and, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> The, the beauty of what I see about it, I mean, I see all that Meg has mentioned, but um, for me, <clears throat> my love language is quality of time. So I have Meg here who is committed <laughs> to doing a monthly adventure with me <laughs> for the next two years. Like she's going to spend, I don't know, three to five, six days with me in the woods <laughs> for a year. Like that's huge for me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I am curious. So you you guys are going to do the full Appalachian Trail and and how are you going to do it what's the plan like you mentioned once a month is it going to be once a month sections something like that so we obviously we have a preliminary plan and then some of it is going to adapt right um because we have to be flexible um but the plan is that on March 27th we're going to start down at Springer Mountain and we'll do the first 100 and five miles which just changed like today um, <laughs> um yeah it turns out where we were gonna start the gate isn't open yet to get picked up at the road so we're gonna go a little further um so it's gonna be 105 and then we'll come back in april and do 150 160 miles and then may we've got a 220 ish mile section mm. and then it starts to get more and more wishy-washy as we go right we're like well we'll see 
Um, and like, I can't take like that one will take me almost a week out of work. So I was like, so we're going to have to do shorter sections in Virginia. So we might try to do like two weekends in June or figure it out. Um, but yeah, we're going to take it piece by piece, ideally roughly every three weeks, um, up through mid October and then stop for the freezing cold weather up North and we'll wait till it gets thawed and then keep going. (laughs) So are you going from South to North and then you're going to do like each section in order going north. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so wherever we stop, we will pick back up exactly and then continue on. Got it. Okay. And Celia, oh. you're in Georgia. Yeah. Right. And Meg, you're in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you guys planning on, yeah, like, um, traveling Logistics. to sections? Yeah. There's so, I'm, I bet there's so much that goes into this planning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> um, I mean, to start, I'm going to fly down and she's not that far from the Appalachian. So, you know, starting out is pretty easy and she's got us hooked up with friends to get us back. Um, and the next section is still fairly easy. Um, once we start getting near Virginia, it gets to be more of a pain. So I'll drive a fly down and then probably rent a car, depending on rides that we can get, end up driving home from Damascus. And then after that, then we're more in my zone. So we'll, we'll figure it out, but I expect she'll fly into Maryland and we'll drive South. So we'll figure it out. And then it gets really messy up North. We'll deal with that next year. (laughs) You'll have experience by then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually running with a friend today and he, he had through hiked the PCT in college and he's like, well, Celia, can you tell me your plan? And I said, it's just going to change. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we so we have one. We just don't know how viable it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you'll learn each time, you know, exactly. what you can do and what you can't do. And literally yeah. you'll learn a lot after just the first section, probably. And then just readjust. And I mean, that's what we have to do as moms anyway, all the time. Yeah. And especially mm-hmm. after 2020 and so, you know, you're going with the flow, which I think is good because it that's the only way to to realistically do it. <laughs> right, right. Because neither of us can just take I don't know what it would take us as ultra runners to run the entire Appalachian Trail, but probably at least fifty, sixty days if we were really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, this is a different way to do it, but But you get to see awesome. the whole thing on foot. That's so cool. Yeah. And originally we really wanted to do a bunch of it unsupported. Um, and I, I don't know, I felt like after we, we started planning that, I was like, I know, I, f- I feel like we're missing an opportunity to really be able to reach people um, and help people, especially because it's such a long-term project. Like we can really take the time to fundraise and share this story and document it appropriately. Um, and so that's kind of where it started growing into a completely different thing, right? Because now it's, I'm sharing it. I've got an Instagram and we're trying to I'm trying to manage a YouTube. Um, <laughs> right. I'm learning all these things. I'm like, I made a website. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, but it will hopefully be something that benefits others even more than it benefits us. So, yeah. So you were talking about fundraising and you're raising money for something. Can you tell us about what that is? Yeah. See, you know what? I feel like I'm talking over you. <laughs> No, no, go ahead. I, I will jump in at any time. Um, okay. Yes, go for it. So Souls for Souls um, is the organization we've chosen to work with, um, in part because they are immediately supportive. Their CEO is an ultra runner, um, and obviously they get a lot of their shoes and stuff 
can come from the running community. Um, but they're an organization. They use used shoes and actually provide them to a couple other countries where they use those for economic um, like development, right? So they can resell them there. Um, the money they get, they um, like pool together and end up buying new jackets and new shoes for kids in need here in the U.S. Um, so it's, you know, um, we're trying to raise $25,000 over the next 18 months. Um, but I'm actually really excited about the shoe part because um, each pair of shoes that we collect is worth a buck. And I mean, I've got a bag of kids shoes that I'm trying to figure out what to do with. Right. So I'm like, I don't know how many moms have bags of kids shoes just sitting there um, and old running shoes and stuff like that. And I'm like, I, I want to go big on that. So I'm like hitting up all my local running stores and pretty soon once we, once we get started and have a little bit more of a story, um, I'll talk to some running groups and I hope I can get like 20,000 pairs of shoes. So that way we don't have to ask for too much money. <laughs> that right. would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so cool. It's um, just like a good way to like reuse something. Yeah old and you're not using anymore but like it can turn into something that makes a difference um in other people's lives which is awesome yeah yeah, yeah. So, so you said you have a website do you have like a is it a gofundme page or what's kind of like driver how are you collecting donations or even shoes so i have a website that i kind of built to cover it's a coverall for me, right? So I needed to make something for my coaching um, and, and that kind of thing. But I have a page like specifically for AT Run Venture Project. And on there is the link to the donation page, which Souls for Souls helped us set up. Um, and uh, I mean, it's got links to everything. Um, but yeah, everything's on there. So information to donate or, or all of that is on there. And of course, I'll send it to you guys after. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we'll link to that in our show notes. Awesome. Yeah. How did you guys find them? I'm just curious. So we actually, I've, um, I'm hoping we kind of like develop a team over there. So I've, I've put Keith on our team, but he's a friend um, from the Georgia Jewel, which is a race where I guess I've met most of my like really good running friends or they've heard of me and that's how I'm so connected to Georgia. Um, and he always sets up, there's always the souls for souls shoe donation at the race. I never even knew it was his thing, but he reached out to me um, to talk about my Georgia jewel race this year and come on his podcast and ended up being the day before I was running the double scar. So, you know, we ended up connecting quite a bit and now we've become good friends. So when I mentioned this to him and trying to find a good organization, he was like, uh, I mean, you should do full souls for souls. They'll be completely behind this. They'll support you and I'll support you. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. So it was it was definitely important to Meg and I. To, I mean, we have this adventure for our own personal reasons, of course, but it needed to be bigger than that. I mean, so much energy and time and favors and <laughs> money and everything and whatnot is going into this. It needed to just be something more than just our cool adventure. <laughs> and so this was like a nice way to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is true. It's, it's a lot of time and everything. And yeah, I think that makes it cool. And, and I think um, people love like coming together to support <clears throat> like an endeavor like this. I mean, 
you know, it's just really exciting. People can get behind it and then know that they're also doing something good too. Uh, the greater world (laughs) but yeah and so I'm wondering like what is your how are you gathering people um like like crewing and support and how are you gonna be tackling that and involving people that want to get involved well I'll I'll just I'll just say that um it's gonna be different depending on where we are so for Georgia, since I live in Georgia and I'm more connected with the Georgia runners, it's been a lot easier for me to get some excitement built around the Georgia section. So Meg mentioned I have friends that are um, kind of helping us out. So we're we're doing we're doing the Georgia section unsupported, but there will be safety runners in the background in case the wheels come off the bus or whatever. And mm-hmm. so it, it was fairly easy for me to find two awesome people that were willing to kind of drive in the background and be like, hey, there they go. They're still moving. <laughs> um, and then to get rides, various places. Um, so so I, I think as we move along, it's going to change. I'm, I'm a part of a running group, the Athens Road Runners, and a smaller section of the group. There's a section called the Wise Women, and they're um, older ladies, and I usually run with them on Saturdays. And they're like, over the moon excited about what I'm doing. And so they've been a huge amount of support with donations and positivity and wanting to help out. One lady told me that she wanted to set up a campground with dinner, tents, and glasses of wine waiting for us. Oh. <laughs> She's just so excited about what we're doing. So I think as we move, it's going to change, of course. But it's, yeah. I don't know, it just seems exciting for people. And as Meg said, as soon as we moved from kind of keeping it to ourselves to talking about it, people have just gotten excited, especially it's interesting, especially people that um, don't hear us talk about running all the time. (laughs) They're a little immune to it. (laughs) They were like, Oh, that's really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've really noted that, you know, the people closest to us or the runners we know best are the ones that are like already at races. I'm like, Oh, I would help, but I'm actually busy. And we have like these people we've never met who are like, I'll drive across the country for you. Right. <laughs> I have, a, I have a, a family like, well, I consider them family from the national guard, but they live in Nebraska. And they're like, if you need help, we'll come out. And I'm like, how would I even feel right about asking you to do that? Um, but, but also to offer that they want to help. So to try and like work these things in, um, but a lot of it will be sharing it, you know, I mean, we haven't shared on a lot of, you know, different runner groups and stuff yet because, because right now it seems inappropriate once we have something to show really, mm. right. Right now it's just like, we're going to do this big thing and here's our fundraising page, right? Like we really want to be able to like post our first like clip of us doing this or crying on the side of the trail or whatever it is and share that and be like, Hey, this is something we're doing. Maybe you would want to follow. And then if they're interested, right. Um, on my Facebook page, like I have, a, if anyone wants to help with aid stations, logistics, run with us, right. Like it connects to my email. Um, so hopefully we'll just end up with people, but it should be fun. I'm, I'm sure the excitement will build. The further yeah. you get north, and 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 I will say, you know, Megan, we're not we're we're planning that we could do this if if, if everybody's busy <laughs> and we have to self-support. Fine, we're good. But it's it's like if you want to come and if you want to help, we would love hot chocolate <laughs> 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 and wine. <laughs> <laughs> 
and company. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like really excited to just <clears throat> have people come out and meet people and just have that story to tell and share and have those be the moments that we're like, oh, we should actually record this, right? Like, and be able to do that stuff. So I don't know. I'm excited. We're going to meet so many people. Oh, yeah. That'll be so fun. So are you going to have like a GoPro or some kind of, are you just going to use your phone for video stuff or <laughs> what's your plan for YouTube videos? <laughs> yeah. So we do sort of have a GoPro. Celia's son got one for Christmas, but it's like extra weight, even though it's minimal. We're like, oh, it's more stuff to carry. Yeah. And I was thinking about it yesterday because we were debating not having our phone for sections. We got a satellite phone and all that. Um, but I can't imagine like especially some of the trips where I'm going to be flying and then driving I'm going to have I mean, I'm going to have my phone on me either way so I was like I'll probably just use our phones yeah yeah <laughs> well and they're yeah. so such good quality now anyway yeah so it's hard to beat yeah well and so what kind of things are you going to be carrying like when you're doing sections that are longer than 100 miles um, you know, like 150 miles or more, like, are you going to be carrying, I mean, like sleeping bags and, you know, what, what, what goes into this? I'm curious. <laughs> so for overnights, we definitely, we did get a very lightweight two person tent. So we will trade off having to carry that. Um, and then, I mean, the sleeping stuff has, is a you know, a huge thing of debate. I think Celia just got a pad. Um, I'm anti-pad. I never used one growing up and I'm perfectly happy to lay in the dirt. So I'm like, I'm not carrying any extra weight. I'm good to sleep in three or four hours on the dirt. And I'm like, oh, um, my bones. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have like an emergency bivy, like a, like a decent one though, um, that should be reusable. And I'm hoping with that and just a puffy coat that I'll be able to manage most of the nights. Um, you know, we have like scar the section that we have to go through again. Uh, that's gonna still be really cold in April, so we probably in, don't intend to sleep that night because we just won't be able to. Um, so, okay, we'll yeah. So some of it's it. gonna be that's gonna probably be our hardest section at least until we get to New Hampshire. So, <laughs> okay. And are you guys like? Um, kind of planning like for different sections like oh or it might take us roughly this time we want this many calories per hour or you know all that kind of I mean it's probably a lot to carry yeah if you're if, if you are um doing sections by yourself and and then and ensuring that you can do sections by yourself regardless if people can show up or not just you got to be ready, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of math to it. I mean, we've reached out to a lot of like little companies and such. And you know, because I was like, we can at least ask. At worst, they're like, no, we don't want to help you. Here's a 10% off coupon, right? Like, it's still something. Um, I actually got supported by Condition One. They make a bar that has like 400 calories and um, military, you know, company. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, so they're like, we'll send you as many bars as you need. And I'm like, awesome. Oh. Yeah. So they've been fantastic. Um, and I'm not going to live on them, but there'll be a huge chunk of like what I'm taking in. And, you know, Georgia's probably hardest just because we are trying to do it unsupported. After that, you know, we'll have to plan for still like probably 40 mile chunks. But as long as we can get enough support and people to bring us better things and, you know, 
grilled cheeses or something like that. That'll be more fun than carrying extra weight. Yeah. Yeah. So for the parts that you're going to have like aid stations at, are you going to provide like a, you know, grill or flat top or, you know, you're going to bring that with to help the people set up the aid station or are they, you know, what's the kind of plan for when you're going to be having like a aid station? Um, I mean, it's really up to the people supporting us, I think, um, because whether or not we see them beforehand or even be able to give them something like that, it's really whatever they're willing to bring, right? If they want to stop at a 7-Eleven and grab us candy bars, I mean, we'll take it, right? If they want mm-hmm. to bring a cookout and, and really treat us, that's awesome. But if not, that's okay, too. Like, yeah. I mean, we're really I mean, not picky. What, I, what I've noticed is a lot of people will say, what do you want me to bring? We got you. Yeah, too. So yeah. I, I don't actually envision. So for Georgia, because my friends live two miles away, I will probably say, here, just bring this. But aside from that, I mean, I have a friend in um, Pennsylvania. He's like, I noticed on Facebook that you really like chocolate. When I see you, I'm going to bring you a bunch of chocolate. <laughs> People just want to amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How, how many miles is this whole thing? 2,190. Okay. And I think the estimate has changed over the years. So it's yeah. different at different resources. So I'm kind of curious too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that our watches are going to be that accurate anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you'll have to add up everything. Yeah. Or and hopefully we don't get lost too much. I mean, it's, it's obviously a well-marked trail, but it gets a little confusing at night sometimes. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, it's somewhere between 2,175 and 2,192. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. And how, how many miles is like just the Georgia section? I'm curious. 77. Oh, 77. Okay. And then you add, so we're planning to do the approach trail, which of course there's all kinds of debate, like is that the AT or not, but whatever we want to do it. So we're going to do the approach trail the day before we'll camp and then um, we'll take off for the 77 miles unsupported. And then I have friends waiting at the border chocolate <laughs> <laughs> and then from there we'll continue on to finish the full 105 then and at that point obviously it won't be unsupported because we'll have the help borders how long is that approach trail eight miles eight miles okay so you're just going to do that the night before in camp and then you have the 105 yeah. of the Appalachian trail yeah. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> wow yeah and um so I'm curious, I know a lot of this has been internal so far with planning and, you know, not having started yet, but having all of this stuff in the works and gosh, I mean, it seems like it would be like a full-time job um, (laughs) just to think about it. it. But um, so what, what has, you've also probably been doing a lot of training this like what happens <laughs> yeah a little <laughs> so I mean basically there's there's not a whole lot of science to training for you know crazy back-to-back miles and 200 mile distances and stuff um but the kind of standard out there is starting to do back-to-back-to-back long runs 
Um, so we've incorporated those in, um, you know, I tell Sila all the time, I think her training has been way better than mine. It's much more legit. She's actually been on the Appalachian trail with a pack and she's had her poles and I have been mostly on my treadmill, um, creating hills out of, you know, my treadmill. Um, my poles haven't come out of the drawers since last October. Um, so you know, we're doing the best we can. Like my big weekend, I actually planned to go out to the Appalachian in Maryland and we had an ice storm for two days. And I was like, cool. I did almost 70 miles on the treadmill in those three days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My gosh. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a little different and, you know, it's just different. She's really getting the time on feet. Whereas I'm like, okay, so I got 20 miles and it only took me, you know, four hours or something where you spent 12 hours on your feet, which is going to be way more useful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've done crazy things like stand at my desk at one of my jobs. Um, I've been helping out at COVID for the last year too, um, like a COVID team at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like stand at my desk with a weight pack on and like march in place like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. So because um, I'm just like, I need more time on my feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I, I I'm I'm in such a I'm in a really good setup. I'm like an hour and a half to two hours from the North George mountains where I have access to the Appalachian trail and then a couple of other trails that are similar. And um, with my co-parenting situation, I have my children every other week. So every other weekend is my own. And I've spent a couple of weekends where I've just gone out there, rented a cabin and spent, you know, Saturday and Sunday on the trails, just getting used to it and whatnot. So I am, definitely very very grateful for that yeah <laughs> never go away that's not true my my mother and father-in-law help out um one to two nights a week so that's when I'm able to get a little bit more time in but that's nice yes. otherwise so are, they're here are you just running on your treadmill because it's bad outside or because you have kids and you're doing it while they're sleeping or what's oh so depending depending on the day so I'll go outside Right. Like I couldn't do negative 35. That's some crazy weather to me. Um, and yeah. I just, I don't, I don't enjoy the cold. I'll do it when I have to. And like, I went outside yesterday on a cold day with a friend to do trail run, but, um, when it's just five o'clock in the morning, pounding miles on the pavement every day, I'm like, it's 24 degrees. I'm not going out there. Um, so it depends. I also pretty much stay in my community during the week, which means running the same exact loop over and over. Um, because I run before my kids wake up. Um, and then the days that they're gone, I just split my run. So I do a run in the morning, then run when I get home from work. Um, and that's kind of my crazy routine. Um, but I've had good success with it in the past. So I just sort of trust that it's going to be good enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I jokingly say that Meg's got the, um, the early morning and the late night experience down pat. Yeah. <laughs> she does all these runs while her kids are sleeping, whereas... I have the flexibility and the luxury of a nine and a 12 year old that I can just say, Hey, you know, make yourself at home, make your own breakfast, lunch and dinner. I'm going to go run. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very different like phases of life right there. Yeah. Yeah. But both are going to come in handy. I mean, Celia, you've got like, you've been able to access more trails, but Meg, you, those fatiguing hours are going to be good when you're, going through the middle of the night because you're, you're hitting a cold section and you have to just keep going or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You guys will do great. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I agree. Yeah. We both feel really good. Like this is kind of our last weekend of, of 
not crazy high mileage, but you know, still three days of, of pushing it a little bit. Um, and we both feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you'll do like, Oh, sorry, Steph, go ahead. That's okay. You are starting March 27th, right? So you have mm-hmm. at the time of this recording, you have 20 days until your first section. Yeah. That, that's exciting. <laughs> and also yeah. probably kind of scary or you're anxious. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Definitely anxious. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. It's a race where it's like, as soon as you start, I think that's going to be such a cool feeling. You know, it's like you finally made it to the, to the line and now you get to just experience it. And, you know, after all the planning to get there and. Well, I don't, I don't know if Meg felt this way this weekend. I think you might've, you hinted a little bit in the text, but I felt like, my body has made a, has turned a corner. So um, two weekends ago was my big push. I think Meg's too. And then running maybe a little bit less, but still enough of a push this weekend. I felt so good so far. I still have tomorrow as my third day, but um, yesterday and today has, has just been like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> I don't remember feeling this good on a 20 mile run. And so I feel like I'm just, I'm so ready. I'm so ready to be there doing it. As long as it doesn't snow. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you never but know I feel very similarly I just all of a sudden like it's been a lot of fatigue and and other than I like I'm a little tired but otherwise I feel really good my body just like adapted well and I can't like mentally I'm dying to get out there like that's part of why I do break my races it's that that break away from everything at home mm-hmm. and my husband's like yeah you really need to go soon <laughs> like yeah <laughs> he sees that in you yeah Yeah. and so okay so like like this weekend um what what are the miles each day back to back to back so I did 18 on Friday um 15 ish yesterday and then um only like six or seven today Okay. okay yeah and I did a um I did a pretty gentle 20 yesterday as we were saying my weekend off. So I was able to go up into the mountains and do a um, trail run and then a hike with a girlfriend. And so that was a, it was like an amazing day. It was so fun. Mm -hmm. And then today um, I did 15 on the roads and I don't know what I'll do tomorrow, somewhere between eight and 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We're in a part now where it's like less essential to hit any sort of mileage than it is to be absolutely sure that we're recovered and feel good by then. Um, so now we're like entering a really long taper, yeah. Which is yeah. kind of good, and we'll also be really uncomfortable by then, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, will you be doing kind of like tapers like each time you're coming up on a section? And, and so we cover. Sorry. Um, because they're so close together, or we're hoping to them so close together, it's going to be essentially a week of recovery, a week of jogging easy, and a week of taper. So. Like yeah. this last three months of yeah. three to six months, depending of training is pretty much it. Now we just do this and spend the time in between taking care of our families and making up for the time we were gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. How does that feel with um, just like with motherhood and like with leaving your family? I mean, do you have any feelings about that? Like, you know, I mean, because you you will probably be tired, you know, you're going to be stretching yourself and just what are your thoughts um, about the balance with all this? 
Who wants to go first? Yeah, this um, is a big one. <laughs> go ahead, Meg. Yeah, it's a big one. Um, uh, it's it's extraordinarily hard, um, especially because my kids are so young. I keep reminding myself that I was gone a weekend a month with the guard and like, this is not that different. Although I basically sat on my butt there and this is going to be way more exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I actually wrote, I talked to Warren Doyle, who's like a really renowned Appalachian trail hiker and everything else. Um, who I, I can't even believe he answered me, but he did. And I got to talk to him and I, I wrote him and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm concerned because in the in-between time, my brain is still going to be on the trail. Mm-hmm. Right. It's really hard to adjust from like covering miles and like leaving the trail and coming back and showing up at my job and my business and trying to be managing that. And then also be like an in tune mom who's not overly exhausted and can still keep up with my kids. So I'm a little bit terrified, um, but excited. And I mean, I think overall it's going to be great lessons for my kids. You know, I got, we both actually got them um, maps to like follow us and stuff like that. So um, we're going to try to get them as involved as we can. Mm -hmm. Just depends how much they want. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think I'm in a little bit of an easier situation because my boys are older and I do have this co-parenting situation. So when I'm gone on the trail, those are for the most part weeks that I wouldn't have them anyway. So they're not going to necessarily know or miss out on mom time. But as you mentioned, when I come back, I'm, I'm going to be pretty tired. And I've, I've practiced it a little bit with some of our big weekends where I finish on a Monday and then I get the Monday at 5 p.m. And um, I just say things like, who wants to watch a movie with mom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just do a lot of popcorn and movies and <laughs> hanging out in bed and whatnot. I'm, I'm probably the most terrified about work and um, keeping that going. My kids are so understanding. They're so excited for what I'm doing. And my, my youngest will often say, will you run a marathon for me today? I mean, like they're in. <laughs> it's really sweet. But my work, that definitely terrifies me a little bit about um well I guess being fresh and being able to program whatever I have to program or whatever analysis I'm going to have to do to have the mind and not be too tired to just say oh I can't do this right now and put my mm-hmm. computer down and go sleep well the deadline passed two days ago you know yeah, yeah. Have, have you told your employers, I know you have your own business, Meg, but I mean, have you kind of like talked it out with the people that you're working with and told them like what you're doing and what's going on? I'm assuming you have, but just. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have. I talked to my partner about it a lot and she's, I mean, she's so ready to support me, but I'm like, but I, you know, especially like, so May we're doing Tuesday to Saturday, Sunday. Um, which basically has me out of work the entire week, right? So, um, like, at some point, I'm covering her for her wedding, and we trade off, um, but then I'm like, but but realistically, like, we're the only two providers. We're a small office. We opened in January of 2020, so our first year was not what it should have been. We'll just yeah. say it that way, right? So now we're starting to get busy, but we're not in a position to, like, hire more people or anything like that, right? So I can't, I just have to make sure that I can hold up my end of it and not you know, totally screw over. So, um, and my business will depend on it, of course. So, you know, that's a lot to think about, um, and whether or not it will require us to hire someone else because I just can't or what that means, but it's going to be, you know, take it one piece at a time. Yeah. I am, 
I've talked a little bit, but I haven't. So I, I don't know. I have this funny thing about work. I, I stay pretty private about my um, plan time off. And so um, like my direct reviewer knows, and she's actually donated <laughs> to the um, Souls for Souls. So that was really awesome. But I haven't so much as said, hey, I'm going to be like a 50% or, you know, 50% there mentally. So like, don't expect anything great out of me for the next two years. <laughs> I haven't felt comfortable saying that yet. And I probably won't. I'll, um, I'll just hope for the best. It usually yeah. works. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean we, both Meg and I have been through, and you guys too, right? Like, you know, we, we've done um, pregnancy, childbirth, <laughs> not sleeping for years on end. And how's this any different? <laughs> Any any brain will take a beating after those things. So yeah. Yeah, it's hard to be fully anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I keep thinking about how it's going to be interesting for you guys. Like, and and I hope that like when you're on the trail, you're able to really be on the trail and not worrying about you know repercussions of you know, stresses, business stresses, mom stresses, um, like, cause it'll just be such a cool experience. And, and I yeah. bet you guys will like totally get into a rhythm and then, and it might not even be as bad as you might fear, you know, with your brain, with, with your yeah. mind, with work, like maybe, I mean, since you guys are going to be doing it regularly, you're going to get stronger and used to it. And, and sometimes it'll probably feel easy. I dare say, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I think once we get past April, we'll be in pretty good shape for the most part. Like, yeah, I'm excited. And because we're not like we're so Georgia, we're sort of doing because we're doing straight through too, um, without sleep or anything like that. That'll be a little bit more intense. But the rest, we we do plan to rest and and take it in. You know, to like we know we we no hikers or have read of hikers that manage 40 to 50 mile days. So we feel like we should be able to average a 50 mile day without breaking. Um, but we'll see, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that should, it shouldn't be like we're trying to do a hundred miles a day or anything crazy, really crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Crazy being a relative term. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and for the first part of your question, I am, um, for me personally, whenever I'm a day on the trail, a part of the beauty is that I feel like the only responsibility that I have is one foot in front of the other. And so I am very good, actually, perhaps too good. I don't know, selfishly good, whatever, at checking everything else. And just like, here I am on this beautiful trail, one foot in front of the other. This is incredible. Nobody's going to die on my hands. Nobody's hungry on my hands. True. <laughs> Yeah, this is incredible. I mean, I've talked to Celia about it. Like I'm going to need her to be that for me. Right. Because I'm I'm good at it to an extent. But that's part of the reason, like if you look at my race history from the last years that my kids have been around, like I don't do short races. I mean, short ultras like I don't do 50 milers very often or 35 miles or anything like that very often because I can't let go of the stress for those distances like you have to get back home like you have to get back home and get like as soon as you walk in the door your mom it doesn't matter what you feel like mm-hmm. um whereas 100 is like it's your weekend nothing else matters and I can just actually relax so for these though mm-hmm. like knowing that I've got to catch a flight and it's planned a little tight and it has to be and like if we take too much time like so those things 
definitely ride on me. And I, like, I know I need to be ready to like call Southwest from the middle of the trail and be like, so listen, I'm going to have to change my flight. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's going to take some, some practice for me to relax a little bit, but <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. We're not, you're not going to miss any flights. I'm certain. <laughs> yeah. It's good to, um, to use each other use each other's strengths and you know for not not for weaknesses but you know just to balance each other out and help each other get through this journey because it's going to be a huge journey it's so cool yeah I mean honestly going yeah the hard part the hard part will be coming back I think to reality like those weekends are going to be beautiful and it is so it sounds so good to me at least right now in where I'm at in my life. Um, sounds so nice to just have a day ahead of you on the trail and a night and the next day, like of just being able to check out and enjoy yeah. the and being in charge of just yourself. Like you're not in charge, especially with, you know, I'm Meg, you have little kids, Nikki and I have little kids. Like Celia's had little kids like it's demanding all day long they need something and you have to be on constantly but not that you get a super super checkout because you have to you know take care of yourself on the trail but you're only focused on you getting to that next point versus trying to get like everybody herded you know the way <laughs> that you need to go <laughs> yeah well, yeah, and I, um, when my husband and I got married, part of our honeymoon was um, we hiked the Camino de Santiago in Spain, oh. and it was 560 miles, and which is nothing compared to the AT. But um, just the just the practice of like waking up each morning and all you have to do is get somewhere, and actually you don't even know where you're going to be sleeping that night, but you just walk. And that's your job and, or you just run. Like, it's so cool and refreshing. And I'm really excited to like follow you guys on this mm -hmm. and um, see your reflections like along the way and how they change, you know, yeah. <laughs> through the process. I'm kind of excited to follow myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it'll go. Uh, so I have, I have um, two questions. So the first one is, the next 20 days, what are your like main things that you have to check off or what are you going to be doing for the next 20 days before you guys start this journey? So for me, I'm actually like trying to get my entire life prepped before. <laughs> so like, I've had family reach out like all in the last two weeks and they've been like, let's plan a family vacation for this year. And I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of doing this thing, but we can totally find a weekend. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, so trying to like get those at least on the calendar when they're going to be um, and sort of budget for them. Right. And then, I mean, little things like Easter is the weekend after we do this. And I'm like, I'm not gonna have time that week or energy. I have to like have Easter ready now. And my son's my almost three, he's turning three on the 17th of this month. And then we're going away that weekend. So it's the weekend before our trip. So I'm like, I have to have all that stuff ready and like taxes and like we're doing a refinance, like just all that stuff. I'm like, it all needs to be done before we start. <laughs> like there's not going to be more or something, but you know, I'm trying to get ahead as much as I can. So that's what I'm going to be working on. <laughs> Real life right there. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting stuff. 
So I, I think the, the biggest things on my on my plate are um very related to the project. I want to <laughs> make sure that like I have this, all the supplies for the safety runners ahead of time. Um, my um, the kid's dad, who's amazing, we have a great relationship. He's actually going to be um camping with us the night before we take off. So I need to make sure he has all his supplies and stuff for the kids. So my kids are going to get to see us take off, which I'm so excited about. So cool. So I, I I'm in I'm in a point where I'm like making mental notes of like, what does everybody need ahead of time? So we don't have to do it on the actual day. So that's kind of like a big thing for me. And then all of a sudden I started getting all these emails about summer camp. (laughs) Oh, right. I need to think about summer camp for the kids. (laughs) There's a little bit of a thing going through. Well, I guess the other big thing is I have to decide what shoes I'm going to (laughs) wear. Minor detail. (laughs) a small portion had, of your needed <laughs> items. Yeah, we've had quite a time trying to decide what shoes to wear. Like, so I actually love Ultra, but I have like this weird chronic Achilles thing that I've had since the first time I wore them like 10 years ago. So I go back and forth, back and forth. But anytime I'm going to wear them for a crazy long time, I get really nervous. Um, and actually after double scar, I, I developed like a little bursitis in the Achilles and I had worn Ultras for most of that. So now I'm paranoid. So I tried like, I don't know, I don't know, a stupid amount of other shoes, right? Just order off of Amazon, try them on, like, nope, this isn't it. Run them on the treadmill for three miles, like, nope, this isn't it. Like 14 or 15 different pairs, right? Like psychotic. Um, <laughs> and finally, at the end of it all, I'm back in ultras, but I just put heel lifts in that I got off Amazon. And I'm like, this is what I'm wearing. My feet are happy. I don't care. I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, so Celia's done some of that. And so, yeah, shoes have been a huge thing. <laughs> I'm stuck between two pairs right now, which I think I know, but I'm just like, <laughs> which pairs? Well, I, I really love the Ultra Temps, so that was originally going to be my go-to, but then I started running in the um, Innovate 8, I think it's the Ultra, the 270 Ultra or something or another, like their big ultra marathon running shoe, trail shoe. So what I like about it is it's very grippy, so I feel like I can descend faster, but it's not as cushy as the Temps. So like after a hundred miles, maybe I want the, the cush more than the ability to go downhill fast. I don't know. After a hundred mile, you're going to want the Olympus. We both are, but it's <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, we're, we're not going to have. Like the old style Hoka's. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. So I, I tried a bunch of Hoka's, but they're just a little too narrow. And then I was like, well, I could order the wide, but yeah, I mean, we went, it's been yeah. quite the journey. Maybe you'll just bring a bunch and then you'll be able to, if you have an aid station on that section, you could switch them out, get some fresh Mm -hmm. shoes. Yeah. So, I mean, once we move along, like we're definitely going to find a shoe with a rock plate for Pennsylvania. I mean, (laughs) that's a different ball game. So, you know. Yeah. Um, Can I ask, like, what what is your experience with the Appalachian Trail and the different like states and sections and, um, you know, like you were mentioning, you need rock plates for Pennsylvania. What are those like? The different sections <laughs> and your experience so, with it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been on the Appalachian really that much. Um, like I grew up playing in the woods. We had trails behind our house. It turns out the Appalachian is really only like 20 miles from the house I grew up at, but I don't think I've ever been on it there. Um, but just that whole idea of playing in the woods. And then as I grew up and like started hearing stories about the AT and there's a running group out um, 
almost in West Virginia, Harpers Ferry area that does a like group, almost fab ass, but it's not a race at all. Just a group goes out and does the quad state challenge that we have in Maryland. Right. So it's hitting um, Pennsylvania starts at Penmar. So it's at the Pennsylvania line. You run through Maryland and you touch the sign of Virginia and West Virginia. Right. So you get all four states. Um, and I just loved it. Like, you know, every time I get on the AT, I'm just, I feel like I'm a character in a book and I'm like, oh, I'm just out here adventuring forever. Um, and then it ends, right? And I'm like, okay. Um, so I've done that three, I mean, I've done a bunch of runs out there now, but I've done the full um, state of Maryland twice um, and then doing the double scar and that was it. But I've done Pinhoti um, and spent a lot of time on that trail and obviously a bunch of different trail races. So I feel like I know Virginia pretty well. Um, and the mountains, I don't know, you know, Rocksylvania that well, but I don't know. I, I've always loved rocky areas. So as long as we get cold enough that there's not as many snakes out, it should be fun. <laughs> yes. Snakes. <laughs> I grew up in Southwest Virginia and I am, um, I did a lot of hiking in college, so I've I've done a lot, like you know the McAfee Snob, which is like the most photographed <laughs> point on the AT and Dragon's Tooth and Angel's Rest and those hikes in Virginia, and then um, it, it kind of got put aside, put away for me forever. And then when we did the Scar, before the Scar, I, I um I like to know what I'm going to do and if I can. So I did three weekends where I drove up and hiked various portions of the Smoky Mountains just to kind of have a feel for it. So I got some experience with that. And then when we decided to do Georgia and then the whole thing, I found a friend that was interested in doing day hikes and through hiking Georgia. So I've been all the way through Georgia with Mm -hmm. a friend. Um, I guess it took us four days to do on separate occasions. So um, I wouldn't say it's a huge amount. experience oh and actually with my cousins I did the knife's edge which um takes you all the way to Katahdin so I guess I've done a little bit of Maine but not a lot (laughs) yeah I mean I think for me the most intimidating is New Hampshire that's a lot of different terrain and you know like Mount Washington that could be anything that day right it could be middle of summer and you can get stuck in a blizzard um so I mean and it's like the windiest place or something like that and the country I don't know uh, so things like that are, are scary I'm like well we're not gonna think about that yet we'll take that when we get there <laughs> yeah totally. and yeah and maybe you have like a weekend planned for a section like that in one of those areas and then you're like well the weather's gonna be terrible so we might have to move it or you know readjust yeah 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 what is your planning gonna be like over the winter before you start next summer or next spring, the final push. So it's really hard to say. Cause I know, I know I, part of me is like, oh my gosh, we're going to be so ready for a break. But I also feel like part of, we're going to be so like, we're more than halfway. I can't believe we have to now stop for like five months. This is ridiculous. Um, but I don't know how we would do it because especially cause we'll be up in the Northern States. Like, I mean, it's going to be awful. So we might be able to go like do a day trip and I don't know, snag a hotel or motel and do like 40 mile days through snow. But I don't, I don't know if that makes sense or not. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, probably we'll recover, take a nice off season and then ramp back up. Um, And because it's Northern too, we won't be able to start till at least April. So it's going to be like a long break. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. That part's hard. And I'm like, I guess we'll see if we get really <laughs> bored in January and just decide to go up and do 50 miles a day. Like, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, so why did you guys decide to start from the south and go north? Or, you know, um, what goes into that kind of decision? Um, well, Celia, since she's down there and knows people, we like we don't I don't know anybody. That's not true. I know very, very few people in Maine. Um, I know very little about the trail. And there's a lot like the hundred mile woods where it's like really complicated to get support. If you can get any at all, it could be like a four hour drive for somebody to get in. Um, the gates are closed after sunset, like a lot of just like really complicated pieces. Um, and Maine doesn't open until they decide to open. Right. So there's not really a way to plan ahead until we're like, okay, it's warm up there. Okay. Um, so we were like, you know what, let's just not make it complicated and we'll start where we know people and we can build on that as we go. Yeah. Yeah. And then we hope to do Maine unsupported together. Like we'll just actually take the time, like one or two weeks or whatever it's going to be and just go up there and actually through hike Maine appropriately. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited for you guys. <laughs> no, no, we do. It's oh. it seems like such a fun quest that yeah. you have coming up. <laughs> and I can't wait to hear like how you feel when it's done, and then like what your emotional state is. Like, are you going to be really excited and happy that it's done, or are you just going to want like figure out what to do next? Because <laughs> I feel like that's how. <laughs> some races are I'm like okay what's the next thing I can do and this is like yeah. so much more than just a single race yeah and I mean I guess I have moments where I'm like gosh I should be waiting for this until my kids are Celia's age or something because I feel like that's just going to be the biggest struggle but I'm definitely excited and I just listen I'm listening to Becoming Odessa which is Jennifer Farr Davis's first through hike story um and she had the AT3 record for females for a really long time um, and um, she just she met somebody who when they got to Maine, they were like, I loved it so much. I just turned around and hiked all the way back to Georgia. Then I went to Florida and hiked this trail. And I'm like, OK, well, that is not my life. But that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. I think, yeah, it's only natural to kind of miss it after it's done. But you don't need to think about that yet. You yeah. Know, yeah. Just need no, there's just there's definitely a component of this that's like. You know, I mean, a lot of people are just like, it's so cool that you get to do this. It's, I mean, we're we're going to make it happen. Whether or not we should be is a fantastic question. Um, but we're going to, whatever that means. If this changes to 100 miles once every six weeks, it's going to take us a hell of a lot longer to get there. But we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think oh. I just want to add in, I have this memory. I don't know if this really plays into what we were talking about. But I have this memory, Meg, <laughs> when um, we were talking about double scar and it may have been a Facebook post where you were saying, and I totally felt it too. Like what's next? Like after we do 144 miles, like, am I going to want to do something bigger and does it ever end? And, it, and it's, it's a thought in the background that I think for those of us that like to do things like this, that's always there. Like what's the next big challenge? Cause we kind of know deep down that we're much happier when we have something like this. Mm-hmm. I think that, Something that terrifies us enough to know that we may, we will, we will probably more than likely, like I'm sure we'll do this, but we might not. I mean, this is kind of big for us. Like, 
you know, there's a chance of failure. I think it's pretty small, but it is there. And in life, there's not that many things that you do where there's like a real chance of failure. And it's kind of exciting to do that. Yeah. And then once you do it, you wonder, you're like, well, how am I going to get that next high? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm. well said. I like that. Yeah. And I mean, I debate, I mean, you know, I mean, Celia's heard some of it, but I mean, maybe surprising. I don't know from like an outsider, but I, I debate quitting ultra running all the time. I'm like, this is psychotic. Like what we do, the stuff that we do, the amount of time I take from my kids, like all of it, right? I've got like some chronic pain issues. I'm busy. Like I've just got so much stuff that I'm like, maybe I just shouldn't be doing this. And then I plan things like this, right? So, (laughs) well, I don't know. It's worth, I just love it. It's hard to stop and hard to not like want that next thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, Yeah. I mean, like what we've said before, it's just part of, um, I don't know. It lights you up, you know, when you're in the trenches or whatever that trench is in your life at the moment, it's, it helps you, um, reset and rebalance, you know, and it's, it's worth it. Um, I mean, yeah, I, well, I don't know, like what's, what's your story with chronic pain? Oy. So that's way too long a story, but basically <laughs> I've had um, issues like pelvic floor issues and stuff after kids. Um, and so I have like a vascular thing that they diagnosed me with. I still am like, is that real or not? But they put a stent in. So I've had a few procedures. I had some hernias fixed. It's been quite the road. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I mean, basically I just have like pelvic floor spasm um, and um that kind of ends up screwing up the whole hips and everything else. So I've done really well. And actually, um, uh, what's his name? Eric Orton, his book. Um, I've come a long way doing his exercises and stuff like that because I kind of hit dead ends with physical therapy, like one after another. Um, so, you know, at some point I should probably be like in pain management. I guess they can do some stuff with trigger point and stuff now that I should probably do, but for me, like scheduling appointments is just like, I really just don't have time for that right now. Um, so, you know, I keep putting it off. So, I mean, a lot of my stuff is probably on me. There's more things I could do better as a patient. Um, but I I mean, I live fine, right. My chronic pain is like a two or three out of 10. I'm certainly not suffering by any means, I don't think. Um, and I am able to run and move comfortably. I'm not nearly as fast as I once was. And, you know, sometimes that eats me alive, but I'm able to go ridiculous distances and take on this project with Celia. So I don't know if that matters so much to me. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel that when you're running like your pain? Um, sometimes like me and Celia have talked about some like different exercises, like putting my feet up on a tree to like try and like relax those pelvic floor muscles and things that, only moms would really understand. Other people are like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, listen, this happens sometimes, okay? Like, I still pee myself. It's okay. Like, I tell my kids because they're both boys and I want them to, like, have some clue what women go through. And I'm just like, listen, mommy can't jump on the trampoline with you. He's like, why? Because like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's real. We it Our is. bodies go through a lot. And it's just, like, you have no idea until you actually experience this kind of stuff. And, and some people don't, 
maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's mo- most women experience something. Yeah, like 80% actually yeah. that probably live like wearing pads and diapers and have don't want to tell anybody. It, it's like, I don't know, that's a huge thing for me. I just can't believe like having gone through the experience of getting a pessary fit and things like this. I'm like, dear God, there's like nothing, right? They give you this nice little paper sheet and, you know, I mean... I have no modesty left after like my experiences. I'm just like, yeah, whatever you need to do to my body is fine. (laughs) You know? So I don't know, but I just hope that the, I mean that, that component of my story, I hope just, you know, let's other moms and stuff know like you can still do things. It might be different and you have to make adjustments and it's not perfect, but you can still do things. Yeah. Yeah. We've just, we've talked about a lot on this podcast that the way that they treat moms after having kids is not very ideal. A checkup at six weeks, you know, for a vaginal delivery, or I think it's twice for a C-section isn't very much after going through that massive experience. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And you have no tools, like no yeah. tips, no reference, no idea what um, is wrong. Right. With and at least the second time, you know, you're like, okay, I sort of remember this, but the first time you're like, my body is falling apart. I think a stitch ripped. I'm screwed up. Like what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 hundred <sighs> <laughs> percent. Yeah. I'm so like inspired to like hear like the message of still going, you know, and do, and doing what you can, you know, to do exercises and manage things. But, um, but just like still rocking it because you are, you, you both are still rocking it. Um, you know, even after having kids and that's why we're here, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so if people want to help out either donate or donate shoes or meet you guys on the trail and run with you or do aid station, how can people get a hold of you? We'll put some stuff in the show notes if there's links. I can yeah, just- it's called justgiving.com and um, my website is mxgadventures zyro site okay so but yeah i think linking it'll be easiest because it's like a weird name right they're a cheap company <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so we'll link to that and then um and then what's the instagram page um at at run venture project okay. right yeah <laughs> okay we'll link to that too okay yep, cool. yeah yeah <laughs> is so exciting yeah we're excited that's the big thing we're like really ready to do this so that's it we're ready (laughs) i'm excited to watch you guys start and we'll be following along every month or yeah seeing how you do yeah thank you for giving us your time today and telling us um these inspiring things because it just makes me look forward to my next thing and you know makes listeners excited it's just it's just good to like spread the inspiration around, you know? Yeah. So thank you. Again, thank yeah, you thank for, you. um, for being interested. <laughs> yeah. And hearing our story, we're just excited to be able to share it. So before we let any of our guests go, we always ask them two questions. And the first one is what is your favorite race you've ever ran? <laughs> um, so mine is the Georgia jewel. Um, I DNF there in 2016 on the hundred miler, um, kind of a last minute decision and 
Well, I failed. Um, and, you know, that kind of became a deep seated thing. It was supposed to be the last race I did before we tried for baby number two, mm-hmm. um, which ended up being really stressful. And I had a really early miscarriage. And I decided I really didn't want to do that right now. And I wanted to focus on running for another year. So I did that until July. And then, of course, got pregnant. Um, so a month before the race at two months before the race, essentially. And so I did the 35 miler and watched all the hundred milers and like cried my eyes out, like, <laughs> you know, so, um, and as leave, my husband also comes down to volunteer at that race. And as we were leaving, you know, he was like, well, you can do it next year. And I was like, I'll be six months postpartum with our second kid next year. That is a bad plan. He was like, well, let's just see what happens. So I did it in 2018 and, you know, for the life of me, I don't know how I managed to, but I ran an amazing race. I set the course record by like three and a half hours. Um, I mean, that race is like coming home. Um, you know, everyone there is like family. I know the course, I love going there. The race directors are amazing. So, you know, it's obviously become a really special race to me that I do go back to every year and try to do some distance every other year I race. My husband races every other year. Fun. Awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. (sighs) (laughs) so um this is going to show a little bit of my inexperience I have not raced very much (laughs) and um actually after I did my first 50k well right afterwards I sat down and cried (laughs) never doing this again (laughs) but then three days later I signed up for the um, Georgia Jewel 50 miler (laughs) I um Meg is so generous she was on the Facebook page and she was like, Hey, if anybody um, wants a little, just a little bit of advice, I've, I know these trails well. So I was in a panic mode and I reached out to her and she, I don't know, we must've Skyped for three hours that first time. And then like the next day was like another three hours of Skyping or not Skyping messaging. And um, <clears throat> I finally said, do you coach? <laughs> and she's like, oh, you know, don't worry about that. I'm like, no, really? Do you coach? <laughs> And so all that to say, um, the Georgia 50, the Georgia Jewel 50 miler would by far be my favorite race because that's how I met Meg. Mm, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's where your story started. Where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It was also a really great race. I, um, I ran faster than I, than my A goal and, um, Meg prepared me phenomenally for it. So there's that too. <laughs> so I love it when that happens. I know. It just comes together on the day. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And okay. So uh, second question is what is a favorite meal that you guys like to eat or cook um, with your family? We like pizza. My kids are easy. I mean, sort of. One of my kids is dairy-free, so it's like he splits like a vegan pizza with me, and my other ones eats pepperoni pizza with my husband. And but yeah, my younger daughter is dairy-free too. She has a dairy protein allergy. So frustrating. Very. Yeah, it's in everything. Yeah. So I I don't I struggle a little bit with food. Um, I like to cook really um I like to cook I do and I enjoy cooking for my kids but I don't know if I have a they they ask me this question all the time actually my kids what is your favorite thing to eat and I'm like chocolate (laughs) (laughs) 
you feel sometimes. Like, can I have chocolate and chocolate? <laughs> With a side of chocolate. Celia's love language. Probably if you want. <laughs> it's the quality time and the chocolate. That's all. <laughs> watch movies and eat chocolate. <laughs> Oh my gosh, speaking of which, my son keeps calling me. Sorry about that. But um, yeah, I don't have a great answer for that. But um, that's okay. Chocolate. Give me a fantastic answer. <laughs> Best answer we've ever gotten. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thank you guys for your time and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> What an awesome thing they are doing. I love that it's like this huge, huge goal, but they're taking it in chunks that they can fit within their life, but they're still achieving something so cool. And they're raising money for souls for souls. So Mm -hmm. if you didn't get that link, it is in the show notes below. So go and click on that if you want to donate. But it's just, I, I think it's so amazing that they can have you know, they're from two different locations and they're meeting up to run this whole massive trail together over, I think they said a year and a half or two years it's going to take because they're going to take some time off in the winter. But oh my gosh, I just love that. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love it too. And I think it's, um, you know, what they're doing, like breaking it up into sections, like that is still huge. Like they're still going to be doing like hundred plus mile efforts every Mm -hmm. three weeks. I mean, that's, that's a lot, you know, I mean, they're going to, and it's going to take a lot of time, you know, just to be going to the trail every three weeks. Um, that's just hard to do. It's hard to fit it in to mom life, you know, let alone work life and everything. Um, so I think it's really admirable and I'm excited to follow along on their journey. Make sure you remember to subscribe to this podcast if you're enjoying these conversations that we have with awesome women like Meg and Celia. And don't forget to subscribe to Treeline Journal's newsletter, which is found at treelinejournal.com. That's one email a week that we send out with the latest articles and podcasts so you don't miss anything. And... You can find us on Instagram at runhardmomhardpod. You can email us at runhardmomhard at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voice message using the anchor link in the show notes below. And don't forget to go to recorefitness.com and use code RHMH15 for 15% off fit splints or instant access to the pre-core recore online programs. We hope you're all having a great day and we'll talk to you soon. I'm like, okay, it's like movie day around here because I don't feel... Hang on, a carrot went down my throat. I'm like, how do you know what I like in dresses? Because I never wear any. (laughs) All right. Get the show on the road. Just so we can, you know? Yeah. Get through it. I'm going to say, quick hi to Steph. Say hi. Hi. Go run that swimsuit to Dash's room. Oh, yeah. She's usually either in a swimsuit or footy pajamas. That's really funny. So... Today on the podcast, we have... No. Nope. Okay. Nope. (laughs) Sponsor first. Okay. (laughs) 
Also, um, Dash decided to cut his hair because she had like a scissor. She's like, this is what you cut hair with. And I'm like, no, no, you do not (laughs) cut hair with those scissors. (laughs) True, but false. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I lost it. Um, (laughs) Sorry. I forgot that I was supposed to be saying more. I don't know what it is in my throat. Still carrots. I hope you found this program to be delightful and educational. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>